This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy. And each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week I landed on New Jersey. Let's investigate. So we're going to talk about Gary Grant Jr. What happened to Gary Grant Jr.? So it was January 12th, 1984. Okay. His school was having a teacher conference day. Okay. Parent-teacher conferences. Mm -hmm. Kind of might have some anxiety there. Yeah, but I mean, he was staying at home, so he didn't have to worry about it. He was seven, so. Oh, like he's a baby. He he, don't know what's going on. No, he doesn't know what's going on, and he doesn't care. Truly. Um. So that morning, he was talking to his mom, and he told her that he had an appointment at 2.30 that day, which was weird. Yeah. Um, And she tried to press him and say, what do you mean? Who's your appointment mm-hmm. with? And he was being super secretive about it. Okay. And it was his free day. He was just roaming around playing, of course. And That's so weird that, like, your seven-year-old child would be like, I have an appointment. And I know. And you're like, well, I didn't sign you up for anything, so... What is this? But it was the 80s, and they let their kids roam the streets. It wasn't as scary back then, I guess. But an appointment is, like, so specific. Right? (laughs) Like, I don't just say, like, I'm going to go hang out with some friends. I'm like, I have an appointment. Right. And for a seven-year-old to say that, too. Like, how does he even know that word? Like, that has to be coming from an adult, in my mind. Yeah, I, I agree, because it's honestly, it's just too sophisticated of a word for a Do they seven- even know what it is? No. <laughs> Do they even know what an appointment is? I mean, he might now that someone explained it to him, but where are, you got, where are you pulling that word from? <laughs> Truly. Around noon, he left to go play at his friend's house, and okay. he told his mom he was going and where he was going. And she told him, you have to be back by four. Um, we're going to have dinner. We need to get ready for dinner. And yeah. You cleaned up. So like, f- bet. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> well, and I mean, how does a seven-year-old also, can they read time? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's something you learn pretty early on. Yeah. I would be calling the mother and being like, can you mm-hmm. send him on your way? Truly. But it is, like you said, it was the 80s. It's a little bit more lax. I guess so. Whatever. <laughs> So 4.30 rolls around and he re- she realizes he isn't home yet. And so she starts calling over there and they're okay. not answering. Sketch. Yeah. And so she goes over there and they are home. So that was nice. Um, why but didn't you answer your phone? I don't know. And I don't know why they weren't answering. <laughs> but I don't think they had call waiting either. So maybe they were on the phone. Who knows? Oh, true. So she asks, "Where have you seen my son? Did When did he leave? And they informed her that he had just left. And so she assumed he was on his way home. And that, like, they had just missed each other, probably. Yeah. yeah. And so he, she, woke up, she goes home and she waits for him. Okay. And another hour or so rolls by mm-hmm. and he still hasn't shown up. And it's getting dark outside, of course. So now we're getting a little worried. We are. We are. And then she calls her husband, who is a sheriff. Not a sheriff, but he works on with the police department. Okay. He's a deputy or something. Um, He immediately comes home and they start scouring the streets. Okay. Just out there. Search party. I mean, like you would. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, of course. They were going to everybody's door saying, have you yeah. seen him? All of that. So I feel like I would have done it sooner, but that's just me being paranoid. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely different now mm-hmm. versus back in the 80s when you were expected to come home be- when the street lights came on or something. That's true. So it was definitely disconcerting. And, you know, they were really worried about their seven year old child, of course, because yeah. he was supposed to be home. He was only a couple blocks away. So it wasn't like a far walk or mm-hmm. anything. And so they started knocking on all the doors and mm-hmm. asking if they had seen him. Um, one person they w- knocked on their door was a man named Richard, um, and he hadn't seen him. But then the next day, he realized he had seen him walking towards his warehouses. And the warehouses were pretty close to the house, his personal house. Um, but Richard decided to go and check out the land around the area. Oh, OK. The next day. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just seems weird that like you would not go to the parents and be like, hey, I actually, you know, I was thinking about it and I think I did see him walking in this direction. Yeah. Rather than just like, I'm going to go investigate. Yeah. I don't trust you, dick. (laughs) Right. And he should have reached out to the police and or parents Mm -hmm. before doing Mm -hmm. that. But I guess at, at that point, you're if you are just a good Samaritan, you're not going out with the expectation of like finding something bad right you're just like making sure that nothing seems out of place yeah i guess yeah. and you're not expecting to find anything i think i'm foreshadowing to people here oh, the, the fate of, of little course. gary so that morning before richard went to go to his warehouses there was a full-blown search okay. um and gary grant senior wasn't allowed to be a part of that search okay because of course he was too emotionally involved mm-hmm um, but he was still conducting his own search, driving the streets, mm-hmm. all of that. So later that afternoon, he started driving home to reconnect with his wife. And all of a sudden, he saw all these police cars zooming by Okay, with their sirens on. And he just got the worst hit in his stomach. Oh, I'm sure his heart probably just dropped oh, yeah, at definitely. that point. And so he flipped around mm-hmm. and started following them. Okay. And so when Richard went to go check his warehouse, he found Gary Grant Jr. wrapped up in plastic and he called the police and that's where the police were going. And so when Gary Grant Sr. got to the location, his heart just melted. Mm -hmm. As you would assume. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I I can't even imagine seeing a person like that, much less a child. Oh, definitely. It definitely hits home a little harder when it's a child, I feel like. <laughs> Don't mind us. It's real professional studio. We're really struggling today. Right? Just stay up. That's what she said. Oh my gosh. <laughs> On the day that Gary's body was found, investigators started asking questions to all the neighbors. And one particular neighbor suggested that he was playing with a kid named Carl Boo as a nickname, Mason. And Carl was a little, Carl was developmentally disabled. That's a hard word for me. Um, He was 12 years old. He also, when they went to go question him, he was saying he didn't see Gary. He hadn't played with him since last Wednesday. Uh And then later that night, his grandma brought him into the police station. Okay. Um, And then they started questioning Carl and his grandma. So I'm assuming uh, Carl lives with his grandma? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. 
And so they started questioning him, and then they finally pulled the grandma out and started questioning Carl by himself. No. Which is a little weird, right? He's, he's a minor. He's 12 years old. Yeah. He's developmentally disabled. Yeah. He does he's not he doesn't have the right faculties to be answering your questions. Faculties. That's a fancy word. <laughs> I know. I like it. But he, he's he doesn't have the faculties to answer these questions and really comprehend what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could you imagine being questioned by a police officer at the age of 12? Oh no. I would break under pressure. <laughs> I would just tell them whatever they want to hear so that I could get You're right, I did it. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tale as old as time, because that's happened so many times. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's the New York Five that we talked about, or we didn't talk about, but we've talked about in the past, and it's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And they brought in 12-year-old to 15-year-old kids because they looked like the suspect. And finally, after 15 hours of investigating, without parents, they finally said, okay. because I did it. And yeah. they didn't do it. Well, and police investigators can also lie to kids and say, you just need to tell me and then you can go home. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I want to go home as a 12 yeah. year old. That's how I'm going to. Think. Yeah. So I feel like that's like I feel like that's like a normal tactic that they use anyway with anybody. It's just like we just want to know the truth and then you're free to go. Right. And they do use that with everybody. Mm-hmm. They can lie to them. They don't. Have but to an adult them. would be like, mm, I know what you're trying to do. Right. Not so, a 12 year old. <laughs> not but a 12 tw- year old who's developmentally disabled like no no not at all i definitely as a grandmother wouldn't leave him alone no no i would not that's so sketch and maybe they tricked her too maybe who knows let's go sign some paperwork really quick yeah let's so we can get you guys home trash Right. So finally, Carl admits to hitting Gary with a pipe and the police saw it as an open and shut case. Do we know if um, was that information released to the public that they that he was hit over the head with a with a pipe? I don't think so. Not yet, at least, because it was just the day after. I would be interested to know if that's information that the police officers told them or if it was information that they were withholding. Because they do they do that in investigations Mm -hmm. in order to catch the criminal or the unsub. (laughs) I'm taking a class. I know this stuff. (laughs) Um, No, but they they do that so that they can actually catch the unsub. They try to look for details that aren't reported in the media so that they know that they have that person. How would you know that he was hit with a pipe if nobody ever said that? Right. And that's why the police thought Carl did it, because he knew facts about the crime scene and just the crime in general that the killer should have known Mm -hmm. and not the general public. Okay. And so they decided to charge him. And he went to a juvenile detention center. Okay. And then the juvenile detention center and the judges decided to give him a lie detector test. Okay. And the lie detector test came inconclusive, which you couldn't tell if he was telling the truth or lying. We need to stop relying so heavily on things like lie detector tests. They are not reliable. They are not reliable. And you should never get one because if you are even stressed out, it could make you seem like you are lying because your heart rate goes up. Yeah, 100%. I feel like if I was told that I was going to be doing a lie detector test or whatever, I feel like I would 100% fail because I'd be freaking out the entire time. Mm -hmm. That's scary stuff. I would. You're hooked up to all these wires. Mm -hmm. It's unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. And imagine a 12-year-old hooked up to all these well, wires. And they ask you very direct questions, too. They do. Like, I would be hooked up and they're like, did you kill this person? I'd be like, 
fuck? No, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then that the moment that you're startled, yeah. it's going to show that you are lying because your exactly. pulse rate goes up. Exactly. So because the lie detector test became inconclusive the first time, they decided to do a second one. Okay. And so... I mean, that's logic. I but... mean, uh, yes, I guess so. <laughs> but they do the second one, and it comes back that Carl is telling the truth, that he didn't kill him. Okay. Um, And so they were wondering why he even confessed to it, confessed or... to it and... It could have been a plethora of things like we talked about. Maybe they were pressing him. Plot Maybe, twist. Yeah. It was Carl's grandma. Ooh. Just saying. Mic drop. Just saying that would be would be one hell of a plot twist. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> this is all speculation, y'all. It's not true. None of none of what I say is true. <laughs> 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 Tiffany's our narrator for this episode. I'm just here to offer my like Gemini point of view <laughs> or like to make up stories. So you're welcome. <laughs> just sprinkling in the conspiracy theories exactly that's all i'm here for so they let him go but they start looking at carl's brother older brother who also got arrested previously for armed robbery but they finally oh. yeah but they they rule him out after a little while okay. realizing he didn't do it so, okay. so did carl get released from carl juvie? got released okay and there's still people that think carl did this and you know okay interesting uh, yeah how what how awful would that be like for the rest of your life you if you stay in that town with your family which i imagine he probably does i'm sure everybody talks about you like oh there goes carl he's the one that murdered that little boy right and you're always gonna seem be seen like that mm -hmm. And it could be easier in the 80s to move around and get away from that. Maybe, but I yeah. mean, if that happened now, you can Google somebody's name. That's true. Yeah. And figure out yeah, their entire you, life story. If you just picked up and moved to like Washington or something, nobody would know who you are. Right. So eventually the case went cold. They couldn't find any other information. Okay. I feel like a <laughs> plot twist is coming in my way. Oh, yeah. So two years, almost to the day on January 4th, 1986. And when was the murder? Sorry. January 12th, okay. 1984. Oh, wow. So really close. So almost two years to the day, a message on the side of a police car was discovered okay. around 3 a.m. And it read, Gary Grant is dead. I am living. Another will die on 1-12-86 if all goes right. What? Yeah. And so the date, of course, would be exactly two years. Um, and so the police officers started trying to investigate that to see if oh, they could find who did that. And nothing came of it. And then a few weeks later, there was another message that was scratched into a sidewalk. Okay. And it said, Gary Grant Jr. lives. I still killed him. Son of a pig officer. Payback is an MF. Huh. And so it was a little bit weird. And so they started looking at Gary Grant Sr.'s past cases. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously it's somebody that, you know, you put their family member in the in jail or you put them in jail at one point or something. Right. And so they start looking into all of that and they come up empty again, of course, because they couldn't figure out who would be trying to hurt him this bad mm -hmm. from their previous arrests. Okay. And so, again, it goes cold. Probably 15 20 15 years later okay gary grant senior got a box of evidence from his son's investigation okay and they discovered some tapes that he had never heard 
Okay, like rec- like like tape recordings. Okay, like conversations that were had been recorded. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so one is of a man claiming to kill Gary and asking if he could get the reward if he turned himself in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know and that's so, wild, but of course we didn't have caller ID back then. Yeah, and so they couldn't find out who called in to ask yeah. this. Question. Well, and if he had been at like a payphone or something, I'm sure they didn't have like security cameras everywhere no it's not I, 2020 no not like cell phone footage in the background no not at I'm not all. gonna csi this shit <laughs> and so then they listened to the other one and it was another person claiming the killer confessed to him to the caller and gary's murderer had told him that the boy was killed because of an arrest his father had made so that seems that lines up to yeah. what and so that seems to light up with the sketching on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and so gary hopes that these tapes help solve the murder but it still hasn't because we don't know who's on there we don't know yeah. who called we don't know anything of the sort like i said yeah because it was the 80s of course we don't have any way to track that and then these were just tape recordings and cassettes mm-hmm. and so finally gary grant senior moved to puerto rico is trying to move on with his life wow. um he still believes that boo was there carl okay was there but we haven't gotten any information from him. Um, he also believes Boo's brother might be involved. But... That's what it seems like. I feel like Boo did know or Carl did know some information that, you know, wasn't public knowledge. Yeah. And so it would make sense that he was there, mm-hmm. one, which means that then there would be somebody. And if he didn't do it himself and it was somebody that was connected to Carl. Right. And so there's also speculation that Carl's brother wanted to rob a house and he was trying to rope Gary into helping rob the house. Okay. Or I don't know how a seven-year-old could help them. Climb through a window, dog door. Or just ring the doorbell and say that we need to go in or... True. Whatever. But again, nothing came up. That's just speculation. Absolutely. And so... It's still unsolved, and unfortunately, we don't know who killed Gary Grant Jr. Okay. Um, his dad is still investigating as much as possible, but mm-hmm. everything is run cold, and there's no new evidence coming up. So unless somebody comes forward, I don't think we're going to ever find out. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. Oh, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast podcast platform if you need to contact us please email unsolved america mvp at gmail.com and we will talk to you next week this has been an mvp podcast my village productions 